and you can put on the show and you can put on the front and you can try and be the persona or you can ensure that what you're thinking and feeling is congruent with what you're saying and doing. Hello and welcome to McGraw Some Sauce, the podcast all about helping entrepreneurs level up to become awesome. My name is Nick McGraw. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Today, I get to talk to one of my favorite people on earth, Rob Gilbert. Rob is a serial entrepreneur. He's done a ton of stuff, everything from DJing to running his own bath and body shop in downtown Toronto. And now he's a high level coach helping entrepreneurs to build their businesses. Rob is exactly the type of person that I like to talk to. I'm a awesome sauce. He's fun, he's outgoing, he's lively. He's a human being and he's all about people first. Everything you want in an up and coming entrepreneur. He's a true friend and a real shining beacon of what it means to be an entrepreneur and in the world of online coaches. Rob has already had a personal and powerful effect on me as an entrepreneur, and I love his motivation and his insight as I try to grow my own business. So if you're ready, let's dive in with Rob Gilbert. Rob, thank you so much uh, for joining me on McGrawsome Sauce. I'm super, super happy to have you here. I feel privileged to speak to you um, because you're, you're a real motivating factor in my life and you're really inspirational to me. So just thank you for taking the time to be with me today. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm really excited for our conversation. You can use that introduction anywhere you like. Okay, I'll make sure I clip it out of this episode and you, that will be like your digital business card. You can just give to people. I motivate and inspire everywhere I go, Rob Gilbert. <laughs> oh, uh, it might be a little bit pompous and presumptuous if that's the way I'm, I'm leading. I'd rather maybe have a bit more of a humble introduction. Uh, I mean, confidence you know, comes in many forms, Rob, and you just have to project that out into the world. And so, hey, who's coaching who, Rob? What, what are we doing here? Am I coaching the coach now? What are we doing here? <laughs> well, look, my big thing about confidence is more about congruency and that okay. you can project stuff and you can put on the show and you can put on the front and you can try and be the persona or you can ensure that what you're thinking and feeling is congruent with what you're saying and doing. And that's okay. the unfuckable kind of confidence because no one can call you out. There is no gotcha. Right. You're practicing what you preach. You're preaching what you practice. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. See, now I'm feel I become the student and the master appears again. <laughs> Rob, um, again, thank you for, for being with me today. One of the things that I want to start off with with you is your story of how you you really dove headfirst into the entrepreneurial deep end. Um, I absolutely love that story. And I'm going to let you kind of frame that for me. But I love the fact that you were in a really awesome job that you liked, that you loved. You had a good time in, good salary, all the bells and whistles. That was great, but it's not really what you wanted to do. And so when you found the opportunity to go entrepreneurial full time, you gave your employer lots of notice and then things snowballed really quickly for you and, you know, kind of life happens. And so I'm going to let you frame that much better than I ever could. I'm going to let you describe that for me, but I just love that story. And I love the fact that you never looked back. So maybe you can, maybe you can flesh that, that whole scenario out for me a little bit better than I ever could. Awesome. So yeah, I've been an entrepreneur on and off my entire life with 
varying degrees of success. I've done different things. I've run record labels. I used to own a bath and body product shop. We had a storefront on Queen Street. I've done a bunch of things. This time around, it felt like the stakes were higher. The kids are older. We have a mortgage. There's, I was making you know, a good six-figure salary. It was a safe and secure job. The company I was working at even had a good mission, which is something that most people don't have. They don't feel some kind of there's purpose here. There is purpose at that company. That company uses technology to track and predict the spread of infectious disease. They're doing really cool, cutting edge, purpose-driven work. I was on the leadership team. I was given plenty of autonomy. There's lots of reasons why it would have been easy for me to stay comfortable and to stay there. However, the little voice inside me was really biting away that I should be doing more, that I was meant to do other things. And then when I got to do a little bit of coaching, when I got to coach the CEO, when I was doing the leadership development stuff, that that was really hitting on something that I felt I should be doing. And I knew I'd been wanting to do for a while, but I spent years being afraid to even say it out loud, that I wanted to be a coach. That's something I could do. Even saying the words like, oh, coach, who am I to think I'm a coach? The world doesn't need another fucking self-help person. People <laughs> hire me. How could I ever make real money? And all of that noise. But well, I made the decision and I created a post-it note and wrote an arbitrary date on it. It was December 10th. And December 10th is my birthday. And when I wrote the post-it note, it was far enough in the future that I could believe that it could happen. Um, and it wasn't too close that it created any kind of anxiety. And then I got really serious about hiring other coaches, working with mentors, taking courses and trying to get my, my stuff sorted so that I could really take a lunge at this. I still didn't have a fully fleshed idea of what it would look like. I didn't even need, know who I was gonna serve. Like my niche changed as I was launching, but I was going full steam, full steam, full steam. And then I told my employers uh, in November, I said, hey, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave in January. That's gonna give you enough time, a couple months. So you can backfill my role. I realize that you know I'm a director here. I'm, an elite, I'm on the leadership team. I've got this really important role as the head of people and culture, but this should be plenty of time to backfill my role. And then I announced it and I made it very loud. I was like, I am doing this. I didn't mince words. I put out a video on LinkedIn that blew up. That video has over 20,000 views now. Whoa. And it created a flood of inquiries, of clients, of leads. And my life got turned upside down in a 24-hour period where I found myself having to get up at 6 a.m. to try and respond to people. I was taking coaching calls at lunch. I had a client overseas in the UK within a matter of days. Like It, it really happened super quick. And then I was stuck with, okay, I can either lose potential clients because I do not have the bandwidth right now until I fully launch in January, or I can burn myself out as I am launching. I can start in a deficit where I'm going to be completely on empty. Uh, so then I went back to my employer and said, uh, I know I said two months, uh, and I'm sorry that I have to do this, but I have to actually leave in two weeks. Mm. And initially I was like, okay, I'm going to be leaving in January. My goal was December 10th. That's not too bad. I still feel pretty good about it. But then when I changed the date and ended up leaving, my last date ended up being December 6th. Whoa. Before the post-it note. Wow. How did they, how did they take that? Um, they were happy for me. They were glad that things were going well. They were a little bit disappointed, of course. But I made my 
sole mission to really ensure that we found someone incredible and put all my focus on recruiting and we found someone they weren't able to start until after the holiday break but i found them someone incredible who's excelling in the role who's helped them lead and grow the company now because you know i mentioned what they do the pandemic hit and then the company exploded so that it worked out for them and while they were a bit disappointed uh they showed more happiness for me than they did being disappointed, which I have a lot of respect for them for. And that speaks to your character too, the fact that you weren't going to leave them high and dry. Like the plan was never to leave them high and dry, but then when there was the opportunity to do so, and not that that was the opportunity to leave them high and dry, but the opportunity was to go follow your dream. You still didn't do that to them. You still worked with them as closely and as hard as you possibly could. And it sounds like you still are friendly with these people and you check in on them because as you just said, the person that filled your position is excelling in the role. Yes, fully. Well, that's it. Cause it's, there's, you know, I'm happy to have gone off on this new path and that I've really found my dream, but I'm also really thankful and know that thanks to the opportunities I got there. And when I was coaching the CEO and doing all this leadership development and the autonomy that I had allowed me to really spread my wings. So yeah, I went back, in January, when the new person hired and spent a day with them and went over my handover documents and showed them stuff and made myself available for some follow up questions, because I created deep bonds and relationships with a lot of people there. And I really care about the people. Right. And, and this is such a good segue to the next thing that I have to ask you, which is, um, you have basically built your new business on this relationship building and on um, the, the friendships and bonds that you, that you make now. Um, and I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here with you, Rob, but I know you can handle it. Um, you said that you didn't want to call yourself a coach. You never wanted to pigeonhole yourself as that, but I know that's how you project yourself online. I, I follow your brand closely. I know how you are and I know how you, how you show up online, um, on social media and the way you project your brand. Um, you coach the coaches, right? But help me out a little bit here, Rob. Um, here's the devil's advocate part, Rob. Um, but I, again, I know you can handle it. I know you're a tough guy. It would seem that today, everyone's a coach, right? Everyone at least feels the need to call themselves that. And um, it may be true for many people. It may be true that that's what they want to do, but they still have no idea how to get there. And then you come in and you say, okay, this is the model you're going to have to have. These are your ideal target audience. This is, I don't know the ins and outs of your program, but I have an idea on how you're helping them. Everyone is a, is, a, is a coach today. So how do you, as the professional and the, um, you know, bond building person that you are, how do you stand out in the role that you're doing? Why would someone who wants to be a, a coach themselves come to you for lessons and come to you for coaching? Maybe you can explain that a little bit more to me because I, I I, I really, I really love the entrepreneurial kind of, you know, journey that you're on, but I need to understand it a little bit more. Awesome. Okay, cool. So yeah, first of all, about me not wanting to call myself a coach, that was a hesitation at first. And in that launch video I mentioned earlier that has 20,000 views, I actually called myself a habit strategist because I oh, was okay. like, like wanting to avoid the word coach. I've since right. gotten over that. I fully embrace it. I definitely do own it and, and fully embrace the label and, and totally cool with what it is and what it means and whatever you want it to mean. So um, that was just an initial thing I had to kind of get over. Um, I didn't set out to want to coach coaches. I set out initially 
thinking I was going to be a creativity coach. And that if we would have talked a year and a half ago, I would have told you I was a creativity coach. I love helping creative people be creative more consistently. Uh, I really connect with those kinds of people. I have this background in music. I used to run record labels and DJing. And I really love, love those people. If I think of my time at the marketing agency, super connected with the creative team. When I think of my time at the last company, the creative team were also my people. Like, you know, I, I shouldn't have favorites in the kind of role that I had, but they were definitely in the favorites bucket. Uh, but people started coming to me and asking me about my habits. I was posting and sharing about my habits and my morning routine, and people started asking, hey, this, this is really interesting to me. I would like to do that. I've struggled uh, creating habits. Can you help me? Can you help me? So I was like, oh, there's an opportunity here. So when I launched, I called myself a habit strategist, and that was my positioning. But then when I had that launch that went well and I brought on all these clients, I did an assessment all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, 11 of these first 12 clients are entrepreneurs. Why is that? What is it about entrepreneurs? I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I identify with them. They're a little bit rebellious. They really like solving challenging problems. They are okay with ambiguity, et cetera, et cetera. They are also my people. So then my sign above the door, whatever said, you know, I help entrepreneurs uh, grow and scale their businesses through the creation of habits or something along those lines. But then I had coaches approach me. And the first couple of coaches that came to me were like, hey, you seem to be doing really well. You seem to like out of nowhere, created a business. You have clients overseas. You're doing all this stuff. Can you show me what you did? And the first couple of people, I said, no. I said, no, I don't coach coaches. But when the third person asked me in a 10-day span if I coach coaches, I was like, yes, yes, I do. And in my mind, I'm like, as of six seconds ago, I do. So yeah. then... I was like, <laughs> So then I just, I, I started to think about what, it, what are the things that I did? What are the steps that I took that got me to this place? You know, I've, you know, started my first real business as a teenager. I've been an entrepreneur on and off my entire life. I've worked a lot of my own mindset. So I really just then kind of stepped back and created a program based on what were the key things that got me to this point of success and how can I help someone else replicate this? So it's people opting in and knocking on my door that created this initially and now what's standing out is I fully wholeheartedly believe that you just put yourself out there and let people decide. We are connected to millions of people. 400 million a month log into LinkedIn, uh, 2 billion a month on Facebook. I don't know how many hundreds of millions on Instagram. It is ridiculous. And the way that you stand out, even if it does seem that there are lots of coaches and there are, but just know that a lot of people are looking for help, especially in a year like 2020 when the shit hit the fan for everyone, Put yourself out there. Let people choose you. Oh, someone, honestly, someone's going to choose to work with you because they like your scruffy facial hair. And <laughs> it, it reminds them of their best friend from high school. I'm still waiting for that lead to come in. Well, they might not even tell you. They might not even consciously realize it. Right? And it's honestly, it's going to be the, the, the kind of jokes that you make, the fact that you like taking jabs, whatever. Like there's subconscious things that people make decisions on. They have to hopefully also decide to choose to work with you based on thinking you can deliver results but subconsciously there's a bunch of bullshit that people don't realize. So you can either hide, not make a podcast, not put content online, not, 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 and then make it that people need to jump through hoops and figure out by the third or fourth conversation, do I want to work with this person or put yourself out there fully, let people decide. Uh, and then it's much easier to attract your people. That was a hell of a long rant. Sorry. No, that's, <laughs> I, we love rants here on the Brussels sauce. Uh, 
uh, frequency 98.3 McGraw's Massage on Sirius FM. Um, I, <laughs> uh, just one day I'll get there, Rob. One day, one day I'll get there. Um, I love what you said. I love what you said in that um, you put yourself out there. And, and I, think, I think you're right. A lot of people need help. A lot of people are afraid to ask for the help, but they've already internally agreed with themselves, Jesus, they need help. Um, and they are scared and they are hesitant and they won't put themselves out there. The internet is great for me to learn, but it's not a great place for me to advertise myself. And it's not a great place for me to show my face and for me to get my message out. Um, but you showed up, you showed up and you said, hello, Hey, I'm here. This is what I do. I help people, um, talk to me, come, come. I'm meeting you halfway. We're on a bridge together. I'm going to meet you halfway. You're going to have to meet me the other halfway and let's have a conversation. Let's see if I can fit into your life. If not, I'm a pretty honest guy. If I can't help you, I'll say, listen, I don't think I'm the right person for you, but maybe I can set you up with someone who can help you. I am connected to a lot of great people. Not that I'm trying to put words in your mouth here, Rob, but I get the sense that you're a pretty honest guy. And if you can help, you do. And if you can't, okay, let's see who can. Um, but you you are meeting them halfway. You're saying, hello, hi, I'm Rob Gilbert. I, I have something to offer. This is what I do. I, I, you, you have to, people can't hire you. And I tell this, I tell this to like even um, uh, my audience who follow like me for branding advice. Like people won't hire you unless they know you are for hire, right? You kind of have to show up and say, these are my wares. This is my stall. I'm selling. I know the internet's a marketplace. So here's my booth. Hello, I'm here to help you. And it's yeah. not like you hit everyone that passes by over the head, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. But you do have to, there is a, 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 a part of this experiment that is you showing up blasting your message out there, casting a net, if you will, and seeing what you catch. Yeah, big time. And I think beyond that too, is I see a lot of people, they show up and they may talk a bit about what they do. They might talk about their program, but there's no clear path to think about, oh, how do I connect to this person? What is the next step? Are they inviting me to a potential call? Are they, and there are people who are consuming your stuff. And I'm not talking to you personally, but anyone who's listening to this, I can guarantee you there's people who are consuming your stuff who are considering maybe working with you, but they feel that they need permission to reach out to you. They feel they need permission to message you, to email you, to try and book that call. And unless you're out there intentionally giving people permission to take that step with you, there's people that will not. How do we... How do we deliver that message a little bit better, Rob? It, it, the people who are in a position, I feel like the yous and the me's who are already out there, who are already pretty confident on social media, like pretty confident in front of a camera. Like I'm not camera shy. I know that you're not. Um, how, how, do we, how do we further help the, these types of people who we know we can help in our own little ways? The help you deliver is different from the help I deliver, but we're still doing it. We're still helping entrepreneurs. How do we... How do we deliver that message even more effectively? Do we have to package it up a different way? Do we have to export it a different way? How, how, how am I supposed to, if I really want to help people, and if I find myself to be a designer or a coach for the coaches or uh, someone else who, who helps entrepreneurs, how, how many more times in different ways can I say I'm here to help you? And how, how do I get that message across to them? So two things come to mind listen to you ask the question. The first one is getting clear on who exactly it is that you're serving. And that if you have a really broad target in mind, then you can show up every day, but what you're saying isn't gonna resonate with any one particular group. It's gonna to stick to no one. 
And that is a huge, huge issue. And it's funny because people are afraid to niche down or to get specific because they think that that's going to limit who they're going to be able to, the amount of clients they can be able to get, but it can be further from the truth. Because once you get really specific, if I help these specific people solve this problem, and then when you start showing up and you know, okay, this is these people, this is what they're thinking, this is what their fears are, this is what the trigger points might be for them to hire someone like me, this is what their aspirations are, this is what the mistakes that they're making, and you can start talking to specifically because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I rattled off numbers earlier, like 400 million a month on here, 2 billion there, and people get stuck like, oh my God, what, what if a thousand people see this? What if 500 people see this? What if you know a million people see this? It right. is one person at a time. It is consumed one individual at a time. So get clear on who that individual is and start crafting your messages based to target that person to solve that problem. And it will stand out and you will connect and you'll make a bond with that person. So many people are still questioning and I questioned it a little bit too um, when I decided I, I'm a graphic designer in the, in the broadest of senses, like in, in the, in the, you know, in the most, vague of senses but when i decided i wanted to specialize into branding and helping entrepreneurs brand themselves things changed for me and i and i get that people are still afraid to niche down well that's limiting who i can help <laughs> okay I, seriously what is your minimum viable if i gave you a hundred new clients today could you serve them all well no i can't do that. i'm not set up okay so if i gave you 50 new clients today could you serve? no okay if i gave you 10 human beings that you could call your clients today. Could you handle that? Yes, I could. Okay, so you can't find 10 humans who need what you can do specifically for them. That's a niche, right? Mm -hmm. And and people are just, why do you think people are so afraid to, to niche down still? Do you think it, 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 there's an internal voice that says, I'm limiting my possibility, I'm limiting my opportunities? Do you think that's all it is? It's all it is. It's a limiting possibility thing. And it's, it's being stuck in an old mindset. If you and I were working together 15 years ago, and I was advising you and you had a graphic design business or even a branding business, uh, we would probably think and talk about how can you service the people in your postal code and your zip code? How can you service people in your city or town? Because you were really limited by geography. That is not the case anymore. It is not the case. And the fact that, you know, I've worked with people in seven different countries this year, that it is really, it, it is limitless. And instead of trying to appeal to everyone, you are appealing to no one. You are connecting with no one. You're resonating with no one. Well, here's a question for you. How many people in your life fully know you, know your childhood trauma, know your deep, darkest fears, know your secrets of seeing you cry? Like how many people are in that small trust circle? Are you asking me specifically? Yeah. yeah. Three to six. Yeah, it's super, super, super small for everybody. If you are willing and allow yourself to niche and get clear on a specific person and kind of person that you're helping solve one problem, then you can go deep and get to know their shit and get to know their fears and get to know the things that they really aspire to. And then when you are showing up and speaking to them, you're cutting through all the shit and they feel seen and heard like no other you're making an intimate connection with that person past their moats, past their walls, past their defenses, past their bullshit. Okay, Rob, devil's advocate again. But Rob, 
I'm too introverted to like get to know someone that well and like people freak me out and I'm a little scared and I'm not sure of myself Rob how am I supposed to help someone else if I myself like don't even know really what I'm looking for does any of that sound familiar Rob for sure absolutely there's the liking yourself has the number one square there if we're on a game board liking yourself is the go square you have to like yourself you have to like who you are, because if that is not there as a foundation, everything built on top of that is going to be like feeble and wobbly at best. So that is square one for any kind of business. The next thing I would say to you is back to somebody saying earlier that people are going to get to know you anyway, and they're going to decide whether they want to work with you anyway, or whether they want to decide to, to extend working with you. And you can make it really difficult and long and hard for them to get to know you make that decision, or you can make it a little easier. And look, you don't need to show up on video. You don't need to be putting your face out all the time like I do. Mm -hmm. Write a blog. Take beautiful pictures with little captions. Find the things that you are comfortable doing, but still tailor in a way that speaks to your people that you are targeting and put it out there consistently. You don't have to be the talking head, although there are some advantages to it because people will show up to intro calls with me and say, I feel like I know you, which is oh. incredible. But there are different ways to do it. So just know it's they're going to get to know you anyway. Don't make it hard. And find a way that is resonant with you for you to put out your message and your ideas out there. I love that. And I think, I think that one statement should probably be written in the sky or tattooed to my forehead. They're going to get to know you anyway. Right? They're going to get to know you anyway. Did you put a single piece of content on the internet? Well, that's you making an effort to get to know someone or that's you making an effort for them to get to know you. That's you making, that's you coming halfway, me putting my content out there, me making video, me writing the blog. I love the blog idea. Blogs, blogs are going to be super, super powerful. I think coming up in the new year, they were already this year, but I think they're going to make an even bigger impact. It's not like it's like. I could, I could go on a rant about blogs, but I won't. But I think blogs are a super powerful way to show your character even more. It's your personal blog. It's your ideas. It's you picking out the trends and things like that. So it's your mind coming to the fore and people really understanding you even more. Written articles and things like that. So it's you showing up and they're going to get to know you anyway, right? This is why we made the content. This is why we built a brand. They're going to get to know you anyway. It's really, once you put it out there, it's out of your control who sees it, who doesn't. Hopefully it does go viral. Don't you want it to? So I love that you said that. They're going to get to know you anyway. So just kind of let it be. Let it be. And honestly, the other, the other thing that I come up against talking with people is people being afraid of judgment, particularly of their friends, particularly of old colleagues, particular family, particular people they went to school with, you know, these people who they believe see them in a certain way and they, you know, they, they exist in a certain persona for those people. And then I just reminds me of the Dr. Zeus quote is that those who uh, mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Like, yeah. are those people going to be your clients? Are those the people you want to work with? Are those people ever going to hire you? No, 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 no. So who gives a shit? I love that. Um, Rob, I really want to know because uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of your brand. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. I love the way it shows up online. And obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of you specifically, and I'm going to continue to follow your brand. I'm going to continue to watch what you do, but maybe you can give me a little kind of sneak peek of what's next for Rob Gilbert. Like what's next for 
your your career and your brand like what what do you see on the horizon do you have anything planned for the upcoming year do you have any goals you want to achieve like what's next for you awesome yeah so i'm really clear on this because last week i ran a workshop that had you know 45 ish people between the two different sessions where i was talking about you know how to process this year and get the most learning from it and then how to what changes you can make in your life to really get more impact and more clients next year but before i could show up and start you know leading a workshop on this i had to do my own reflective work which i do annually anyway so i'm really clear on what's next for me right now and there's three priorities for next year i really believe that you should really have a short list of things that you are focused on and then make sure that you're scheduling your days, your weeks, and your months according to those things. Not living off a to-do list, but what are the big bucket priorities? What are the big rocks I really want to tackle? And those things for me next year are to work with 200 people. Oh, wow. Is to write my first book. And to start consistently showing up on YouTube and get to 50,000 subscribers. And it's funny because I coach people all the time on all the stuff we just talked about, about showing up, about not being afraid, about putting your ideas out there all the same stuff, uh, but I'm still also coaching myself because while I am very comfortable showing up consistently on Instagram, on LinkedIn, I do kind of repost some stuff on Facebook and I'm doing well. I've had some posts go viral, quote unquote, whatever. I have been shying away from showing it more on YouTube, which is in my mind like playing on the bigger stage. And that's somewhere I'm pushing myself next year that starting next week, I'm going to be posting one video a week on YouTube. Uh, so that's one, but two, I want to kind of call out something that I've been thinking about. It's one thing to set goals, but you really need to then stop and ask yourself, okay, what do I need? What would I need to believe to be true for me to be able to do that? What would be the milestones for that? What kind of team or support would I need to achieve that? What kind of daily habits or routines would I need to be executing on a regular basis? Cause it's not, it's not like I said it and then I imagine it and feel it. And then I can manifest like, you have to take consistent action. Your beliefs need to line up with believing that you can actually do it. And it is won or lost in the little moments. And it's either I'm going to be consistently writing and creating ideas so that I can come up with YouTube videos on a weekly basis, or I'm going to be, you know, journaling a whole lot and in scheduling time to unplug, to write my book. Like I have to put these things in my calendar and do them or I won't hit those goals. Like my business coach would love you because right to the end of the year I was just coming up with arbitrary numbers and arbitrary figures I wanted to hit and he'd voice note me back and say yeah okay that's great that you threw that down there but that's the third week in a row I've seen the same number is this just a fiction in your mind how are you going to do it it's the how we're going to get there I love big goals I love goals that are hard (laughs) one of my mentors is Evan Carmichael we do hard things we do hard things around here we do not do easy goals we set hard crazy goals but then we need to have, we can't just like hope that it manifests. You don't just rub a lamp and a genie pops out. Oh, wish granted. Like you have to set the hard goal and then a plan on how to get to the hard goal. Yeah. So I don't care if you have to, if the end of the year is 50,000 subscribers, like you said, we now need to reverse engineer. Okay, well, how many subscribers do we need to have in November, October, September? And it's not linear. You could have 500 subscribers for the first six months and then it snowballs and it just explodes explodes from July to Christmas. And then you're like, shit, I didn't think I'd get like 49,000 subscribers in six months. But, you know, we still need to have a bit of a reverse engineered plan on how we're going to get there. 
the why is fine and the, what I need to do is fine. How do we get there? So I'm so glad that you also subscribe to that mindset. That takes time for me. I'm a slow learner. So it, it has taken time for me to, oh yeah, the hell, how the hell am I going to do that? Okay, well, let me, let me give, give me the weekend and I'll figure that part out. But I'm so glad that that's part of your, your yeah. thought process. Yeah, and I love you said too, the why too. The why is really important. And it's something that I walk people through too, because we are so influenced by those around us, by peer groups, by old coworkers, by friends, by family. Like the, you know, you are the average of the five people is a saying for a reason. So it is important for you to stop and like, okay, you know, you're giving out numbers to your business coach. Okay, why do you want to achieve that? Why is that important to you? What is going to happen as a result of you achieving that? What are you going to do with that extra money? With that extra time with that and get really clear on those things make sure that you're not just spitting out numbers and setting goals because you think that that's what you should be doing based on insert whatever influence mm -hmm. that's beautiful uh rob where can people find you if they want to reach out if they want to have a conversation if they need your help where are they going to go rob i am super active on linkedin and on instagram it's rob with two b's r-o-b-b-g-i-l-b-e-a-r uh, you can also find me at growthhabit.org. And I also have another website that I don't spend as much time ensuring looks nice, but it's robgilbert.com. When we do this again in about a year, yes. I'll ask the same question and you'll be like, well, just go to Indigo and you'll find my book. I'm on Rob Gilbert, YouTube, whatever. You just type in my name in the search engine that is YouTube. Cool. I have 500 videos for you all in a year because I'm going to do 10 a week. I'm setting you new goals right now, Rob. I'm going to set you really aggressive goals. I'm coaching you. You're going to hit these for me. My fear is I'm going to get an email later and say, Nick, these are your goals. I'm going to be like, Jesus, I don't know. Uh, why, why did I agree to this? Uh, we'll be reciprocated. Actually, you're bringing up a good point is that if anyone is going to take the time to try and look me up, then given what my goals are for next year, please also go find me on YouTube. I've only got three videos up right now, but uh, my assistant is uploading a bunch of backlog stuff in the next week so there'll be you know by the time this is published there might be 10 things up there but starting next week there will be a minimum of one new video per week published and i actually have one video up there my first video on there has fifty-eight thousand views oh really yes oh and wow okay and it's but it's something that i put up seven years ago forgot about it and then when I went back a couple of years later, at that point, I had I don't know, 20 or 30,000 views. I was like, holy cow. It's me telling my absolute craziest manifestation story. Okay. So don't tell me more. I'm going to go, yes, go watch it, it after this. Um, Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I've had a blast with you. Um, and I can't wait to see what you create this year. I think it's thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. It's just flowed so easily and the time flew very fast. Thanks, Rob. I think it.